you know what's overrated? What's overrated? Planned breaks in shows. How do you mean? I mean that we took a three-week hiatus and didn't tell anybody. And, you know, normally when shows take three-week breaks, they, like, say, oh, hey, we're going to take a break. We didn't do that because we're cool and ironic and with it. Well, you know what? That's just the kind of chaos that we like to bring on this kind of show. Exactly. Well, welcome back. Thanks for bearing with us during our break. We're back now with episode five. Five! Of Homestuck Book Club. This week, we read pages 388 to pages 459, and there's some more exposition going on here. A whole lot of, whole lot of plot development. Mm-hmm. I'd like to start by talking about Rose's mom and say that, like, okay, all, like, child abuse and alcoholism aside, her vibes are impeccable. Oh, absolutely. And, like, Deeply. Like, the, the ideas of being, like, a rich housewife with, like... An actually really cool daughter who just like gets drunk and does housework all day is so is the dream. Well, I think she represents sort of the ideal life of the, you know, geriatric millennials who are finally starting to come into the me like what meager amount of generational wealth is coming down to them. Yeah. Everybody it's how everybody who's not cottage core is trying to be Rose's mom. Like now that they have, you know. A little, little bit of cash from their uh, semi-stable graphic design job. Yeah, totally. Also, welcome to the story, Maple Huff. Uh, I just wanted to throw out that Rose is a horse girl, but doesn't want to admit it. Much, much, much like some uh, certain hosts of the show. Okay. Well, we don't need to be bringing our personal lives into this show. I'm just saying people should people should know the bias that they are uh, getting from this analysis. Also, I'm a horse woman. <laughs> um, so there's a really important difference there. But yeah, no, Maplehoof is cute, and I'm glad that Rose got her pony, and good for her. I hope they enjoy each other's company and have a lot of fun together. So I'm going to do a dramatic reading of my favorite line from our segment this week. It comes from John, one John Egbert, Zeusmel Pooplord. Fine, you'll interrupt your reading and turn around, but you don't see what could possibly be so, oh my god, it's a monster. <laughs> yeah, we see a, we have a uh, encounter with a with a creature with a monster. There's monsters now. There's there's monsters now. Yeah. So for once, you actually get to like the reader gets to control the fight with the monster. Sort of. Kinda. Like I mean, you can't really lose. But well, no, you no, press you, can, the you can't really win. You like. John oh yeah, right. Takes a swing. You you hit the button to attack, and John takes a swing with the hammer and the hammer falls apart and then he lies there like a loser. Right. Right, 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 right. My bad. I gooped. But yeah, so but the point is is that the reader gets to do something that is more important to the plot than uh simply aggressing your parent for no reason. Still um, not a video even game. Even though it's still not a video game. I like John tries really hard to relive his Conair dreams because the monster that exists was going to steal his bunny and he was trying to do the whole put it back in the box thing his dreams were thwarted yet again i mean he does oh no he he, fa he does even when he gets the bunny he fails to put the bunny back in the box he does one of my favorite motifs throughout the whole of homestuck is the echo ladder mm -hmm. which i think we should come back around to after we lay out the plot okay Okay, we'll come back to it. I was just loading a, an image, so I'm ready for it when we get there. Mm -hmm. First off, you know what's broke? 
is piggy banks. You know what's bespoke? Ceramic pork hollow. <laughs> it sounds like something you get like at like a fancy dim sum restaurant restaurant. Like that sounds like what you had when we went to that overpriced restaurant at the hotel in Vegas. No, that was pork butt. Right, 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 right. Close though. Like I was probably still saying I was vegan back then and even when I when I ate literal pork ass. <laughs> Uh, were you vegan back then? I don't know. I don't know. Either way. I don't know. Uh, either way, you're not, you're still not, so. But yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a, like a ceramic pork hollow. Sounds like a nice little, a little, little dumpling with like a, some braised sort of like, you know, pork inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't have it. I'm not like a huge pork fan, but like, I bet for the right person, they'd go to town on that. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. I have another reason why Rose is my favorite character. And that's because she respects generator safety. Yeah, you don't don't turn on a gas generator inside an enclosed space. No, you put it outside and then run a cord inside. Yeah, so she does this inside of the mausoleum of her dead cat. And then she desecrates the tomb of said dead cat Jaspers. Which I love the idea of putting a tuxedo cat inside. A tiny tuxedo. Your cat is a tuxedo cat. Are you going to put a tuxedo on your tuxedo cat? Booster, do you want a tuxedo cat? Do you want a tuxedo cat? Apparently not. Oh, sorry. Say hi to Booster for me. Oh, hi, Booster. Yeah, so I kind of, I really like Rose's, like, setup right now. She's got her generator. She has her neighbor who has, like, 50 Wi-Fi routers, one of which is mysteriously not password protected. <laughs> She's in a small, thick, concrete in like enclosure with a, a taxidermied childhood cat to keep her company. And she's got her knitting. She's got her violin. She's got her laptop. She is ready to be. She's ready to be a player in this in this game of Esperb. Sperb. We're saying we're still getting the the occasional update from the walkthrough writer who I forget. Have we figured? Do we know who is writing it? And we just haven't met them yet. It's Rose. Rose is writing it. Rose is writing it. I thought Rose was using it as a reference for. Hold to- on. So I'm on a page. It is a it's on the game facts page. Top one, FAQ slash walkthrough, 41309, Tentacle Therapist. I may have been a bit hasty in advising you not to bother with the prototyping process. If I spared any detail, it was only to optimize your chances of survival. And if you find yourself begrudging the absence of certain instructions, which, if followed, would have resulted in your demise, then I guess that makes two of us. Otherwise, you're welcome. Like... That's Rose, baby. Also, it says tentacle therapist. Okay, yeah, I just missed that. I just assumed that it was a like helpful stranger because I can't read, so. Yeah. Also, at the bottom, there's a bunch of stuff she crossed out, and then in square brackets, rethink organization, lead may waste deep laryngeic sludge, trim down, bleh. Like, that's our friend Rose. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's other walkthroughs by Sanctuary Remix, Winnie the Poop 2, and Chaos Demon, but this is, like, Rose. Okay. But there is still, like, the insinuation that there are other kids playing this who don't make it. Yes. Anyway, um, so that we kind of get, from there we kind of get on to, like, the more heavy 
exposition from the new supporting character. Are you talking about Gigi or Nana Sprite? No, I was talking about Nana Sprite. I was talking about Nana Sprite. Nana Sprite. She's so helpful and lovely. She does say hootie hoo. She says hoo 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 constantly. But yeah, like she's constantly getting up to tomfoolery, but also lays down consistent hard facts. She's literally the combination of a sprightly old lady and a clown. Yeah, like literally. That's what made her. What's not to like? What's not to love? So basically, she lays out that where John currently is, like with his house up on this massive like rock pedestal, and it's all black sky around him and gray clouds beneath him, it's called the medium. And then above him are seven gates that kind of just look like technomancer mandalas. He has to go through those gates to continue to get to the core of the Incipisphere to a place called Skyea. And that's the battleground of good versus evil. Don't worry about it too much. I think I pronounced it Skya. Like Gaia, but Skya. I did too, but the double A's tripped me out. So I, that's why I started calling it I Skya. think that's how you pronounce, I think that's how you spell Gaia. You put a G at the beginning, isn't it? Oh yeah, it totally is. You're right. Okay, it's Skya. It's not Pi, it's, it's, it's Skya like, what rhymes with Skya? Paella. Well, I was going to say, it's not Skya like Paella. It's Skya like, um, di- French Fryer. French Fryer. French fry, yeah, that- like someone, someone who makes French fries, a French fry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever. No rules, just right. But yeah, Sky is kind of like this chess game where before John existed, it was just like a, it was just two kings and this eternal stalemate. But then as John and other people later show up, the possibilities become more and more. There's just more and more possibilities. So the fat, the good versus evil is no longer in this eternal stalemate, but now it's an actual war that like needs to get won or lost. Well, no, they do. They insinuate that good cannot like light cannot win this. It is destined to always lose. Okay, I read that more as like a it favors losing. Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? We will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also thought that was funny, though, because in... Uh, I watched the the Netflix show The Queen's Gambit the other day, and so I learned. I spent like two hours learning about chess, and then gave up on it because it's too hard. Uh, and found out that like in chess, if it's like two computers playing against each other, the white side, which goes first, will almost always win. I thought it was funny that in this case, darkness always wins because the the black black goes last. Black doesn't start in a chess game. White does. Well, I'm going to assume that this was a, like, handy uh, storytelling metaphor and not, you know, chess. I, I, I think the chess is more of a metaphor. <sighs> why has everything got to be a metaphor? I don't know. why. Well, why is everything a metaphor? Everything's a metaphor because, I don't know, things are complicated. But sometimes they don't have to be, and metaphors make them more complicated than they have to be. I don't know what a, what's a metaphor. I don't know what's a metaphor. What's a meta with you? Okay, okay, calm down. Settle down. Nothing Quiet in the back of the class. Yeah. So, yeah, we also see that the choice of things that are sprited have influence on the 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 pieces of the of the the quotation marks like chess pieces, which is kind of why we have all of these uh clown clowny clown sprites kicking around, giving John a hard time. 
Yeah, they're all wearing jester clothes. And it's like, well, that's because the first thing that he sprited was a jester doll. Yeah, it's very kind of, you know, choose the form of your destroyer rules. Yeah, which would have been good to know, like, beforehand, but obviously they don't until afterwards. Which also is like, damn, Rose, remember how happy she was to throw her grimoire into her strife specibus? Hope that doesn't come back to haunt her. I hope that doesn't, I hope that kind of recklessness towards, you know, putting eldritch horrors and gods in charge of things doesn't come back to play, because that would be bad. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hope. Fingers crossed. And then, uh, if I recall correctly, we go back to Dave and just spend some time with Dave, doing Dave things. <sighs> Classic Dave. Dave does this thing all the time. Well, not just Dave, a bunch of them do it, where they'll either do one of two things, where they'll lay down some rap lyrics and attribute it to, like, a classical English writer, or take, like, a work of, you know, famous classical poetry and then say that, like, Snoop Dogg did it. In this case, he, Dave wrote down the lyrics to drop it like a tot, but then said that English romantic poet John Keats was responsible for that lyricism. And just, we, we get a lot of that. I mean, it's, it is a classic joke. It is, and it combines high and low art to create um, medium art. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I definitely... Just kidding. Um... I shouldn't call rap low art. It's just... No. It's current. Old and new. So we also get to meet Dave's, you know, number two on on, on Dave's team, uh, Lil Cal. I hate Lil Cal. Yeah, Lil Cal's unfortunate. I never liked looking at him, and I never liked his outfit. So whenever I saw, like, a cosplayer doing a Lil Cal thing, I'd be like, really? That's the outfit you chose of all the cool ones? You chose to be that? You You chose violence here on this day at this convention? But that's a me thing. But uh, yeah, so Lil' Cal just is this marionette that is very uncomfortable to look at and just kind of keeps, seemingly keeps moving on his own and that Dave seems, while uncomfortable, fairly used to it. Yeah. It's kind of the bit. Cal also has like human eyes. He has human eyes. He has human eyes and that's the worst. So with Dave, Dave brings up an interesting point that I think is still worth talking about today because he's basically talking about irony and deconstructing him and his brother's sense of irony by like saying that like yeah so we take this thing that's a normie thing and then we put it through like you know eight different irony filters and each one produces its own joke so to the outside untrained eye it looks like we enjoy normie shit, but we're actually better than them because we do it ironic, which I think is still a thing that people think is a thing today, but um, it's like indistinguishable from like earnest ador- adoration of like a property. So when this came out, like this was peak intentional irony, which has obviously been a thing since Gen X, like in the whole like grunge thing sort of like cynicism and irony as a part of mainstream culture and just sort of you know capitalist culture just absorbing counterculture into it into its own dna and then like the kids of those people grew up with that and having that as their default speed so this is 
coming at like a highest, like the the most, like the highest crest of that sort of, I don't know, like extra washed out irony for the sake of irony, which is kind of interesting to see now because, you know, as culture has continued to metabolize irony and cynicism, it has, I don't think necessarily reverted back to earnesty as much as it's just layered in on itself so many times that it is just the structure of appreciation for things is indistinguishable from earnesty, even if it is still like infinite level of like irony folded in on itself an infinite amount of times. Does that make sense? Yes. It does. Okay, good, because I I yeah. think I sound like a crazy person. Like you do, but that's okay. I think that's fine. But yeah, like I'm trying to think of an example of something like I don't know. I don't think I like anything ironically anymore. Like I used to. Like, okay, liking things ironically is how we got bronies. That's a that that there's there's a lot of layers to that one. <laughs> there's a lot of layers to that one, but I just I remember the bronies that I knew in high school. Like, I remember having that conversation with them where I was like, really? You like My Little Pony? At this point, I'm like, I don't know, 13. And they're like, yeah, like, it's just like, you know, like, it's funny because it's this, like, kids show, but we watch it and we like it. And, like, I'm like, okay, um, sure. There's a good, I think it's a, I think it's Jenny Nichols did a really good video essay on that specific, well, like, on, on the sort of the brony phenomenon. And then that specifically where it started out as, like, these like sort of 4chan people ironically appreciating it and it's kind of like i said where like it the irony folded in on itself so many times that like a lot of the people who originally liked it ironically started liking it unironically and then people sort of like and then they they were kind of there but it's like sort of like the most iconic sort of quotation marks cringy bronies are the people who came in without the irony and can slid into it like right into the like earnest part of it if that makes sense yeah like you have people coming into it saying oh i like it ironically but then they actually end up enjoying it and then you know kind of engage in the cultural practice and then people come into it see that like oh yeah like guys my age are liking this thing okay i like it and i'm also gonna become a like like hoard all the toys of this property that i can find in a store so that children cannot have them yeah, but that's sort of bringing you. That's like because that's the thing with earnesty. I think inter maybe. I mean, irony and earnesty both like interact with like your best and worst traits in sort of different and complementary ways. Yeah. So if you come into something earnestly, if you are a toxic person, then you know that can almost be worse than if you're a toxic person appreciating something ironically, because then you're just kind of annoying as opposed to like, you know negatively af- affecting the environment around you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is but there anything Also, oh sorry. Is there anything you still like like that started from a place of irony? <sighs> I mean, I feel like a lot of things cuz I mean, that's a part of growing up is that either you start to cuz when I was younger, I definitely would like hate watch things like I would hate enjoy things like I would spend all day listening to like music and saying haha isn't this so bad and then at a certain point it's like either you don't have like I think like I can still enjoy a good hate watch but also like you either 
stop having time for things that are bad or, you know, you listen to something enough times that you're like, oh, yeah, like, hi, I'm not, I'm not hate listening to Nickelback anymore. How You Remind Me is actually a banger. Which I've been saying this whole time. Well, I know. I'm just, it, it comes to people at different speeds. But like, yeah, people culturally and individually as like we age, like I think that there's just less and less value put on the the guilty pleasure yeah totally i think there has to we have to like you can't really enjoy something ironically without a certain level of taste which this is mostly a self dig because i was like i'm like a i'm like the queen of butt rock okay and i didn't know that my taste in music was always like really really bad so that like, as soon as enough, t- like, the second enough time passed that people were willing to go back and talk about butt rock, I was like, oh, yeah, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. But, like, I never had, like, a, oh, I like this ironically phase because I didn't have enough taste to know that my taste in music was, like, considered bad by people who were in, I don't know, more prestigious niches of music adoration. Which, I mean, like, you as an adult, you say that and you know that that's, like, absolute bullshit because... Like, most music is bad and stupid, and, like, there is no, like, you know, advanced, no taste is more advanced than the others. It's just sort of, like, what you, what you're able to take out of it rather than what it, like, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm saying is that butt rock, it has always been, uh, tight. Um, (laughs) I need reparations for the (laughs) amount of bullying I went through as a young child for thinking that I had, like, the dopest music taste. Uh, but actually it was bad, but now it's good. And I'm proud of my. Um, oh, yeah. I have yeah. a good example because I definitely like when I was like 13 and 14 or whatever, like I got really into power metal and like yeah. not like not not Dragon Force, like I dra- the deep shit. Like I thought Dragon Force was for posers because it was in Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero was for people who didn't know how to play real guitar. So like and I and it was when all this pop punk was coming out and I was like, ugh, they don't even know how to play guitar. I listen to real music. So I got really into like all of this, like just 99 percent just odd, awful, like European power metal. And which is ironic because then later on, like well after I should have gotten into it, I got into like, you know, Fall Out Boy and MCR and all that stuff. Like, yeah, like when I met you, you were like my kind of guiding light as far as like good pop punk is concerned yeah exactly like and it's uh, yeah like I, I i actually started learning how to play the guitar and then i started learning follow boy songs and it's like oh there's a lot a lot of cool stuff going on here and i thought it was really interesting but then as a like an adult like in my later 20s like a few years ago you know especially like once i start i started like you know exercising a little bit more trying to take better care of myself and i realized that like oh all this power metal i used to listen to when i was a teenager is pretty good to run to and then i was like oh most of this is terrible but some of this is very 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 tight and i had a big big relapse on that stuff and now there's a lot of it that i do like ironically even though i definitely know that it's like not for everybody and i'm not as like snooty about it as i used to be yeah, I think part of part of this whole thing that came from Dave is that, like, I don't know, the fact that he's a teenager and he thinks he's better than everybody else. But I think as you get old, part of growing up is going, no, my taste isn't isn't better or worse than anybody else's. And that's fine. And whether I like something ironically or earnestly doesn't matter because it, I'm a grown up and 
everybody has the right to like what they like. The last thing I'd kind of like to get into is, and maybe this can sort of set up our question of the week. Oh, yeah. Is because... Which I've definitely the... been keeping up on 100%. Every week I've done a question of the week and I haven't missed a single week because I'm really good at running the the podcast Twitter. So we see <laughs> John's level up tiers called the Echeladder. You know, he originally started out as a... Well, should I just list them off? Because I really would like to narrow it down to the top four and then ask the audience to... To, to, to just pick their favorite yeah i'm reading through them right now and the thing is they're all good like they're all amazing <laughs> well we gotta ta- tag ourselves and then pick our second favorite basically okay oh geez okay you go first so well so i want to li- i'm gonna list them off real quick okay we got from the bottom from what he started out as green tyke juvis squirt then we list leveled up to plucky tot got a feather in his cap for that one fidgety bopper <laughs> Ankle Biter, Champ Fry, Pesky Urchin, Nipper Cadet, Brave Sprout, Cool Buckaroo, Knee-High Pilgrim, Moppet of Destiny, Gadabout Pipsqueak, Boy Skylark, Rumpus Buster, and Lodestar Youth. Rumpus Buster was my nickname in high school, and then for a short time after high school when I worked at Domino's. Um, <laughs> so... I think I'm going to have to go with Rumpus Buster on this one. Uh, with See, my I'm, gl- I'm, gl- I'm glad you picked that because that was my, like, obvious first choice. Okay, yeah. So I'm Rumpus Buster for sure. And then my runner-up is going to have to go to Nipper Cadet. That's good. See, my I'm thinking Fidgety Bopper is pretty good. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, but then, like, all I think, like, all of the other ones are in, like, you know... Like all of that, we picked the S tier ones. And I'm trying to pick like what the best A tier one is. Cool Buckaroo is just like a classic. Moppet of Destiny really sends me. Gadabout Pipsqueak is a mouthful, and I love that. I think it's Cool Buckaroo. I think it's got to be Cool that, Buckaroo. That's something that anybody can enjoy. But also Juve Squirt. I don't think we should discount Juve Squirt. I think Juve Squirt like that's more of a, that's too much of a thinker. Like you have to like yeah. think about that one for a second. Yeah, yeah. Plucky Tot, also good, though. Okay, it let's is. just say our top four, Rumpus Buster, Nipper Cadet. What were yours? Fidgety Bopper? Cool Buckaroo and Fidgety Bopper. <laughs> so we'll make a... We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. That's the word. We'll do a poll. Yeah, sounds good. I'll do that. Yeah, tag, tag yourselves, because everybody loves to tag themselves, because... Finding easy ways to identify yourselves in this day and age is really the only way to really know yourself and to know each other. Well then, until (laughs) next time, which will not be another unfortunate break, just a lot, a lot came up. It's been a complicated time. I joined a Ulysses book club, which means that, so I am currently doing a millennial, I'm reading, uh old-timey Ulysses. I am listening to a podcast for Infinite Jest, which is Gen X Ulysses, and I'm doing a podcast for Homestuck, which is Millennial Ulysses. So I've just so, made the mistake of just trying to enjoy all of the most like complicated pieces of popular media simultaneously. Yeah, and I'm unemployed doing one very short online class in ASL, 
and that's it. And then somehow I also get too busy to do anything, even though Rhi is doing actually literally everything. I'm so tired. <laughs> so tired. So, act- so until actual next week. Free Palestine. Oh, definitely free Palestine. Definitely pre- free Palestine. Free your local Palestine. That's been a bummer yeah. in the news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, among among plenty of other bummers. Yeah, lots of bummers. But it's bummer what's... summer. Bummers. Oh, that's oh boy. Yeah. Okay. My name's Lexi. You can find me on Twitter at pigeon underscore toad. Uh, you can follow the podcast's Twitter that is kept very uh, updated with timely. Uh, and constant reminders of the current status of the show and definitely doesn't get forgotten about. So don't worry. Uh, that's it at Homestuck BC. And I'm Re at R-H-I-C-R-T-R on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I'm not done. Uh, next week, we're going to be reading from pages 459 to pages 533. And our last thanks go to our editor, Devlin uh, who is at D-V-L-I-N-G-L-L-W-Y on Twitter. You can listen to their podcast called Music is Good wherever podcasts are found. Thanks to the Arbuckles for our music. You can find them on Bandcamp and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Ha- have a happy homestuck. Have a happy homestuck. Don't get stuck in your house. Don't get stuck in your house. Do, 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 do. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.